We thank you so much for this opportunity to be in fellowship together to work on both the horizontal and the vertical. We pray, Lord, according to what you say in your word, that I would decrease so that you would increase. We send the word out across this sanctuary, across the SoundCloud platform, and those who would hear it as a podcast as well as live. We pray that the word that goes out would not return unto you void, but prosper in the place that you sent it. We thank you that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We thank you as the word is sown today, that it will grow, it will develop, and it will produce fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to talk to you today about things that I think men need, but they're also things that all folks need. So I have a number of props. We'll put these down for now. Have some goodies to give away at the end as well. How many people here have bought a home? Okay, you bought a home. All right. How many people here have had something break in your home? All right. So it's... It's a regular experience. So my father, before he passed, he had a workbench. People talk about men's cave, right? The man's cave. My dad had a man's cave that had tools everywhere. I mean, just tools upon tools upon tools upon tools. And I think he had a bit of a tool fetish. He, he would just collect all kinds of tools. There is a store, I think it's in Watertown. I think it's Watertown where the guy sells used tools. Has anybody ever been to that store in Watertown? There's a guy that sells used tools. And you go in there, it's like being at a clubhouse, a man's cave, perhaps a bar or a sports bar, because there's just guys hanging out. They're not really doing anything. They're just hanging out with the tools. And they're talking about the tools and this and that. I go in there from time to time. And I realized just how important tools are in my life, particularly from being a homeowner. So I want to talk to you today in the practical. You know, this says in Corinthians, that which is spiritual, that which is natural is first, and that which is spiritual comes thereafter. So I want to give you some natural, practical tips for you if you're a homeowner, if you're about to buy a home, even if you own an apartment, it's really the same thing. And then I want to talk to you about some tools that great fathers use. And let me give you a disclaimer. I'm not saying I'm a great father. I'm saying tools that great fathers own and should have and should utilize. So let me give you a couple tools. So some of you last Sunday, raise your hand if I asked you what are the essential tools you should have. Some of y'all were like, what is this brother asking me about? All right, so I asked a number of you. And so I brought my, my bucket today at tools and I want to share these tools. 
can we bring up the, the very first slide, the next slide there? All right. So those <laughs> who heard the introduction, I am a professor of history. That's my day job. That's what I do. So I got together a bunch of images because you all know a picture is worth a... All right. So I gave, I'm, I have all historical pictures. This is a advertisement for the Stanley Stool Co Tool Company. This is about a 1976 photo right here. Now, there's a lot of photos, a lot of tools in that, in that photo, but you don't need all of them. Okay? I, I really want you to know the essentials. So I brought some that I consider essentials that you should all have. Okay? And when I did my unscientific survey here at PT, the number one thing came up was a hammer, okay, a hammer. So if you are about to move into an apartment, you've just graduated from college or grad school and you're going to get an apartment, get yourself a hammer, okay? Now, let me also say to you that this hammer came from the mini tag sales that I stop at. This hammer probably cost me a dollar. Now, you could go to Home Depot and pay $10, $15, but I'm going to pay a dollar. That's what I suggest you to. Okay? So there's a hammer. The other tool that people said that you have to have, I got a lot of tools in here, is a screwdriver. All right? You, you, you got to have a screwdriver. Now, you got to have too tight. Too tight. All right? You got a flathead. Okay? Then you got a Phillips head. Okay? Real simple. All right? You can do... Now, I'm preaching the sermon. All right? I'm preaching the sermon. Now, you can do a lot of things with these two things. Seriously. I mean, we saw all that. You don't need all that. All you need is these two things right here. Now, you, if you want to get high tech, and, and men are notorious for this, I got to get another tool. So they'll go get a power drill with a bit. So look at them, right? With a bit, a flathead bit, and Phillips head bit. You don't need all that, okay? Then if you really want to make sure you're set, get yourself one of these big bad boys, okay? This is good for just about loosening anything that is jammed or whatever. And a lot of them are magnetized so that if you drop a screw Underneath something, you can stick it there and go zzz, pull it out like you're, you know, on Star Wars or something. Another thing guys said, and I agree, is you got to have some pliers. Just, just simple pliers. Again, most, and this came, this came from dad's, uh, workshop, this one. But the rest of them, literally, I, I bought them at tag sales, all kinds of stuff. Estate sales. But pliers, pliers, a good pair of pliers is good to have. If you want to go a little bit more technical, get yourself some needle nose pliers so you can get some of the little things a little harder to get otherwise. And then you can get yourself a pair of these pliers. I don't know. Sid probably knows the more technical term for this one. But this one is good because it also has a little, I don't know what you call it, but you can cut wires with it. So you don't have to buy a separate wire cutter. You can use this as a plier and then there's a wire cutter in there. I like, I like that one, okay? Can we go to the next slide? 
So here is a beautiful kitchen. Beautiful kitchen. 1976 kitchen. All right. This is somewhere in the state of Florida where I, where I had this picture. The thing about beautiful kitchens is, especially if you got kids who like to open and close cabinets or like the oof to it, they get, things get loose. So you could have a hinge on a cabinet door that if you don't regularly take a screwdriver and tighten the hinge, the door will be on the ground soon. I mean, just little simple things maintaining your kitchen with a screwdriver. Uh, another thing that can happen is literally the handle on the stove. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The handle on the stove gets loose, and then the thing starts, you keep opening and closing before you know it doesn't work. We have a small refrigerator. I guess they call it a wine cabinet that came with the house. And on the bottom, it's brand new wine cooler. And on the bottom of it, there's a screw that whoever assembled this didn't do it right. And this screw keeps coming out every time you open and close it, open and close it. And if you don't watch out, you'll open the door and the door will literally fall on the ground just because it's this one little small screw. So it's real important. Go to the next slide, please. A toilet. Now, out of all the tools, only one brother in here, and if I remember correct, it's Paul Griffin who will be teaching at 1130. He said, a plunger. Now, we're in the sanctuary, so I didn't bring the plunger in. But you need a plunger, okay? Now, there are all kinds of plungers. And there's this thing I remember my dad would always have, a snake. Okay, a snake looks like it's a little round contraption, and it has a metal coil with a little kind of bulb on the top that you stick on your toilet, and if I unroll the snake that is about this big, it could probably reach the back door. It will go down in the toilet and get the G.I. Joe doll and whatever else has fell down in the toilet. You know, whatever your kids have let get clogged up, because... It can be a catastrophe if you can't unclog your toilet. Let me tell you a quick story. My mother-in-law was up from Florida to visit us in the wintertime, and the toilet got clogged. Now, you talk about a problem. Mother-in-law is in the house, and the, the toilet is clogged. And I had my plunger, but I didn't have a snake, and I couldn't get it unclogged. And I kept working on it, working on it, working on it. Finally, I, I had to call a plumber. Plumber came, and he got a snake out of his truck that was on steroids. It was about this big. And literally went in and went, Foom. that was it, fixed it, $125. <laughs> Get yourself a snake. Okay? So real simple thing. Next picture. Hanging pictures. Okay? If you can just have some basic tools, the hammer, a stud finder, all right? This thing will find where the beams are on the wall so you can, ha you can hammer without destroying the plaster in your home, okay? Works really well for hammering pictures, putting up pictures. Then when you take a picture down and you have a hole in your wall, you get yourself some spackling, little small things. This one is really cool. When you put it on wet, it is pink like this. When it dries, it's white. So it tells you when it's ready just to sand, paint, and you're done. 
Okay? Simple thing you can keep in your house. This stuff will last forever as long as you keep the top on. It's like Play-Doh. Right? You, you leave the top off of Play-Doh, you don't have Play-Doh. You got a rock. Right? That's what this is like. Real simple. Another one I think you want to have, let's go, let's go, the saw. Real simple saw. This is for wood, a wood saw. Now, I know for some of y'all, you're like, I know this, but some of you don't know this. So that's why I'm going over it. <laughs> then you want a hacksaw. This is for metal, for cutting metal. This is for cutting wood. This is for cutting. Can you raise your hand if you're learning something from this? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, good. I can keep going then. All right. Then another one you want, these are Allen wrenches. There are screws to have an Allen wrench, to have a flathead, to have a Phillips head, and to have an Allen wrench. This is an Allen wrench. Again, bought this at a tag sale for 50 cents. Or you could go to some place and probably pay $10 for this. Okay? This has got all kinds of different sizes to screw things in and keep it tight. When they come loose, it's too late. Just keep it tight. Okay? Remember that. Real simple thing to remember. Another one that I would recommend to everybody. Get yourself some duct tape. You can, you can, you can fix shoes with duct tape. I mean, seriously. You, I mean, you can fix refrigerator doors, whatever you, some duct, you can fix your car. Like, like you get in a fender bender, you put some duct tape on that bad boy, and you are good to go until you can afford to get it fixed. Get you some, some duct tape. And, Get yourself some WD-40. I mean, there is, now, wait a minute, now, married folks, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're married. There is nothing worse. Now, let me, let me, let me give, somebody said give honor. Let me give honor to my wife. She was on a conference last night. She came back from Battle Creek, Michigan, got home, what, what, 2 o'clock in the morning, something like that? All right, 2 o'clock in the morning. All right. Just to be here to hear the message, okay? So, yeah. Let's, so, I appreciate it. Now, I made a mistake. I didn't put no WD-40 on the hinges on the door. So, when she came in at 2 o'clock, guess who heard it? If you got WD-40 and you got a spouse that gets up early or goes to bed after you, because most of us marry somebody that's complete opposite of us when it comes to sleeping patterns. Can I get an amen on that, right? Get some WD-40 on those hinges and you're good to go and you'll have peace in your marriage. <laughs> and probably the last, one of the last things that the guys recommended, and I think it's true, is get yourself, I don't know the formal name for this thing. I just know what we called it growing up. And a monkey wrench. An adjustable wrench, you can make it just as big or small as you want. They come in all sizes. I could bring a monkey wrench in here big enough to knock one of y'all out. They got, they got them real big like this, so you get the little ones. But just have one on hand. It's a great thing to keep around your house. Now, if somebody's getting a new apartment, a new home, and you're thinking about a gift, get them a little kit that's full of stuff like that. Look, get, go to, get a bucket like that, fill it up with stuff, give it to them, put a bow on the side. You know, it is, it's a good little gift, good, you know, a housewarming gift. And give me credit when you do that. <laughs> so th those, are, those are basic things. Next slide, please. 
Okay, so those are my props. We got through all of them. Next slide. So let's talk about the tools. So there's a, a book written by a, a podcaster, a guy named Tim Ferriss, and it's called Tools of the Titans. And he has interviewed some of the most prolific and important, notable people in different fields. And through those interviews, he took those interviews, transcribed them, and came up with the book called Tools of the Titans. So I stole his title and went Tools for Great Fathers. That's where this is coming from. So let's talk about the first tool for a great father. Knowledge. If you're a dad, you need some knowledge. So Hosea 4 and 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So Bishop mentioned a important person in our lives as as a spouse, and that's uh, Pastor Cherry, who has recently passed on. We met actually at a Friday night Bible study at that church. And we had our premarital counseling at that church. We got married at the church, real important ministry. So he had, he had seven principles that he would use and he would teach. And the principle that I think most applies to what we're talking about here as a parent, as a father, is the principle of unconditional love. And he says unconditional love is God's plan to keep us from failing. If you are a dad, you are a father, and you want to be a good one, you're going to have to employ unconditional love. So knowledge is important, but I want you to think about the umbrella of all of what we're talking about, and that is unconditional love as a parent. So what do I mean by knowledge? Let, let's take the flip-flop of this particular scripture. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, right? My people are destroyed. My people are blessed. My people are built up. My people are edified with knowledge. So if you have an abundant abundance of knowledge, Take the word destroy, flip it, and think about all the good things that you would have in your household as a father, as a parent. And then the second part says, because they have rejected knowledge. The opposite of rejection is to accept. What if you accept knowledge? Okay? If you accept knowledge, think about it. It says, goes on to say, because when you reject knowledge, God will ignore your children. When you, when you, the father, reject knowledge, when I, the father, reject knowledge, God rejects our children. But if we do the flip, if we accept knowledge, God embraces our children. So think about that. That's an important tool to keep in mind. Let's go to the next slide. Wisdom. So what, first of all, is the difference between wisdom and knowledge? Knowledge is information. It's understanding. Wisdom is the ability to apply information. So you can read all you want, but if you can't apply it, make it relevant, practical, then it's not going to mean anything. So a couple of scriptures here. Romans 1.16 says, for the gospel is the power of God. The gospel, the word of God. So one of the things that I do, and this may help you as fathers, is when I pray, I actually write out my prayers, and I read my prayers. So when I'm praying, I want to pray the power of God. So my prayers are the word of God applied to my life. That's, how, that's what they are. They're affirmations. So when I'm praying, I'm praying the power of God, the gospel. 
makes a huge difference. So if, if you have a sense that your prayer is not having an effect, the Bible says the word of God shall not return void. All right? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay? So this is another thing. This may help you as fathers. Don't just read the scriptures. Read it out loud. Didn't say faith comes by reading. It says faith comes by hearing. And the verb tense is present continuum. Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. If you said, I heard that, you didn't get it. Some of you died. You just missed what I just said. If you said, I heard that, you didn't get it. It says faith comes by hearing. Present tense continuum. Over and over and over and over. Real important things that I'm saying to you. I'm, I'm simply trying to be simply profound. I'm not trying to give you anything that you got to look up in a dictionary. Real simple. So wisdom. 1 Corinthians one twenty four says Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. John says the word became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. This says Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Romans says the word of God, right? Think the power of God. Gospel is the power of God. Put all these things to God. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. The gospel is the power of God. Christ is made unto us wisdom. And then we go to 1 Corinthians 2.5. It says, so your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Wisdom is power. The more you know, the more powerful you can be used to help raise and train your children. If I'm having a problem with my kids, I got to work with my wife and I have to dig into wisdom. What does God have to say about this situation and circumstance? There's always an application. So I say here, great fathers use godly wisdom, which is power. Wisdom, which is power. I, I tell people, and some of you are younger fathers, I'm 56 years old. I love the wisdom of the 50s. I love some of the dumb mistakes I've made. I've learned so much from those dumb mistakes. But you get to be 50, and if you learn from the mistakes, now you have wisdom. And, and, and in our society, we need to embrace our older folks who have wisdom. We don't do that enough, and we need to do that more often. Let's go to the next slide. Third tool, grace and truth. So we know the scripture here says the glory of the one and only son who came from the father. Speaking again of Jesus, Jesus, full of grace and truth. So important to think about that. Second John, first John 117, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ. Now, this is interesting, and I think some of you will understand where I'm coming from. Some of you are single parents. Some of you, or many of you, may be single parents. Some of you may not. You're married. Now, in every family, there's a spouse who is grace, and there's a spouse who is truth. Okay? And, and our family, Tina is grace. I'm truth. If you are a female 
parent in this home, and from what I just you just heard me say, like let's let's give you colloquial language. There's a good cop, and there's a bad cop. Everybody with me now? Okay. If you're a female, and you are truth, can you raise your hand in your family? If you're a female, hey, raise it high because you're one of me. Okay, you're truth. Now it's important because. When you are the female parent and you're grace, you start thinking all men are truth. Did you hear what I just said? You start thinking, well, it's just how men are. They're just hard. No, some of you women, right? Raise your hand again who you are. The truth, right? Right? Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Right? Right? You know what I'm talking about. You're the hammer. You are the hammer in the, in the, in the house. If you're a man and you're grace in your in that relationship of parenting, can you raise your hand? If you're a man, hey, ain't nothing to be saying, though. If it wasn't for you, them kids be dead, <laughs> right? Ain't nothing to be ashamed of. Seriously, my kids they need grace and they need truth, and there's a third ingredient they need. So if grace is a cement, sand is the truth. The third one is the water, which is time. Kids need grace, truth, and time. Without those three, you don't have any hard cement. So again, if you're grace, don't be ashamed. If you're truth, don't be ashamed. And, and you know, and grace will always say the truth. You're just too hard on them kids. And what does truth say? Truth says, y'all just too soft on them kids. Right? Right? Don't we go back and forth on that, right? All the time. Right? And it's what keeps the kids alive. Because, I mean, sure enough, Tina goes out of town on the trip. The kids are like, oh, no. Oh, no. I go out of town. They're like, party, right? <laughs> they're like, they're, like, they're happy. Dad is gone. Truth is gone. Right? So it's, it's good. Don't be ashamed. God has made you for your spouse. That's why we marry our opposites. Sometimes we drive each other crazy, but we need each other. We, we straight up meet each other. Let's go on to the next slide. All right. I, I want to close with some images of seven principles that I think are really important for, for fathers. But, of course, as you know, moms, you're eavesdropping on this. This is going to help you. Okay. So the first principle I will say to you as parents, particularly dads, in this image here, what do we got here? Somebody tell me what you think this is. What, what, what is he doing? He's fishing, right? So here's the principle. More is caught than taught. I'm going to say that again. More is caught by your kids that you're trying to teach them. They, they catch what you do. They catch what I do. All right? Your actions are talking so loud I can't hear you. You ever hear that saying? All right? So more is caught than taught. It's not so much what we say. It's what we do. What we let the, what we allow Done to me, done to the other person. Remember that one. If you can, it'll help you a lot. More is caught. They're watching. They are. When you think they don't watch what you're doing, believe me. They'll tell you. They see you. Good, bad, and indifferent. They catch it. So let them catch us doing the right thing. Let me let me say one right here. And I've said this before. How many times do your kids catch you reading a book? Oh, we got quiet up in here on that one. How many times do your kids catch you reading the Bible? 
How many times do your kids catch you praying? Not in a crisis, just praying because it's what you do like breathing. I mean, kids who grow up praying and reading the word, most of the time they've caught that from somebody. Let them catch it from you. Next slide. Next principle. What does this look like? What does it look like? What do you think they're doing? They're inspecting. They're inspecting. So here's the next principle. Okay. Here's here's the next principle. If you are in Sunday school, let's pause. It's time to go. Sunday school. Bye-bye. So let us, let's keep going while the, while the kids are on their way out. The next principle is real simple. Inspect what you expect of your children. Inspect what you expect of your children. If you give them an assignment as a parent, inspect, did they do what they said? You know, one of the problems as, as, a, as a young guy, I was not excelling in school. I was not doing well. Severe ADHD, still have severe ADHD. Things got hard in school, I would just fold. Go turn on the TV. But I didn't have parents that knew enough to inspect so they said, do you do your homework? Yeah. Don't believe your kids. <laughs> oh, wait, y'all remember being kids? I, I don't know about you. Maybe you were one of them one percenters that told the truth. I wasn't one of them. So if you, if you tell them to do something, inspect it, check it, double check it. You know, and, and those who have the Holy Spirit on the inside, sure enough, there's so many times where, I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about, where you're downstairs and they get real quiet upstairs. Holy Spirit said, go check. <laughs> go inspect. And sure enough, caught them right in the eye. And they're looking at me like, how'd you know that? Holy Spirit, inspect what you expect. Next slide. Who's that? Ricky. So he's showing his age that he even knows that, right? That's Ricky Henderson, who I haven't checked. If you got a phone, check right now. Tell me. He, at the end of his career, stole more bases than anybody else. Is he still, does he still have that record? Can somebody check on their phone and tell me? I got a head in the back. Yes? Okay. He's got more stolen bases than anybody else. Oh, Henry, where are you? you are you in the room? He's, all right. So when I said this yesterday, it was just a confirmation of this point. He said this at the retreat. The point on this one is fail forward. Oh, Henry, you remember saying that yesterday? Fail forward. All right. He has the record for stolen bases, but he's probably pretty close to the record getting thrown out for stealing bases, for failing to steal a base. So as a dad, you are going to fail. I, I'm a professional at failing as a dad. I'm, 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 I got some records. Right. But you can't give up. You got to keep doing what you know to do the right thing to do. 
So fail forward as a dad. Keep working. Know you're going to fail, but keep working. That's how you get better. And, 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 and I believe uh, Irving said this yesterday. Unfortunately, as dads, when we get our act together, they're ready to leave the house. <laughs> all right? So we figured it all out. We failed. We got it down. And now they're ready to leave. So that's why if you're a young dad, you want to get some of us old heads and ask about our failure so you can learn something. I will tell you. I will tell you my failure so you can be a better parent than I was when I was your age. Oh, the Lord knows I wish I, at the 20s, I wish I knew what I know now. I could have, I could have, most of us, look, come on, let's be honest. Most of us, that first child, we were experimenting. We weren't parenting. <laughs> All right. Experimenting. Does this work? Let's try this one. Does that work? Let's try that. Get that book. Get that book. Oh, let's go see that shrink. Let's go see that shrink. I'm trying to figure it out. So please remember, fail forward. You are not a failure until you refuse to get up off the mat. As long as you keep getting up, you are on the right road. Next slide. Important point here. Learners are earners. That's a library. Learners are earners. What do I mean by earn? Not just income. You earn the right to raise your child the right way. You earn the right to do right by your child so that you can sleep at night with peace, knowing that the child's in the room instead of acting a fool out in the streets. You, you got to learn these things. There's some great books at the end I'm going to suggest to you. You got to read them. You got to ask experts. What's an expert? Person made more mistakes than you have and lived to tell about it. <laughs> Learners are earners. Keep reading. Keep finding resources. Podcast. Download some great podcasts on your phone if you got to commute. Turn that car into learning university. Keep learning. Next slide. <laughs> this is a 1937 picture of a barbecue down in Florida. A bunch of boys watching a, ball, a boy try to climb a grease pole. This was a fun event at barbecue. But it illustrates the point that every child is different. You have two children, three children, four children. You get twins. How many? Raise your hand if you're a twin. Anybody in here a twin? I've had the opportunity this past academic semester, I had like three sets of twins. So I'd have one twin, I'd hear there's another twin. And they all will tell you they're different from their twin. Every kid is different. You can't parent one kid the way you parent the other kid. One strategy doesn't work on the other one. They're raised in the same house. Totally different. One size doesn't fit all, folks. Please remember that. Every child you have is different. Next slide. Look at this one. All right, here's, here's an illustration. Everybody looking at the picture, you see the one, the different child? You see what he's doing? <laughs> right? He being himself. And, and the thing about it is, we don't want to stifle that difference. God gave that child that difference. He's different for a reason. So 
understand, don't try to make your child be just like you. And Lord knows from my own mistake, don't compare one child with the other in front of the other child. They all, if you looked at my early beginnings and looked at my siblings, you would never think that we would turn out the way we turned out. We turned out so different. Your SAT scores does not define your future, folks. Seriously. I was, I'm teaching at a, you know, I've taught at three schools where I would not have been accepted as a high school student. I mean, this is the truth. This is the truth. So please don't think because they're not excelling now that the rest of their life is doomed. Next slide, please. Okay, so I'm going to preface this point because we do have people who have children with special needs that you may have to be parenting that child until the end of your life. And God will give you the grace to do that. And I honor you. I honor you. So I do not want you to think I'm not thinking of you. 